0: listening to the two-button crew podcast. My name is Scott. Hello. My name is Simeon. And hi. Hi,
1: my name is Ryan.
0: Let's all take a moment of silence for Glenn's absence. Okay, that's long enough. He will not be joining us in this episode, but he
2: does send his best thoughts. I thought you were gonna say he sends his best regard. (laughs) (laughs) Regard. And his best salam. (laughs) (laughs) no that's periscope
0: not glenn yes it's weird when we stream live that's what the people on periscope say to us the robots actually they stopped coming i think after we said we know your robots i think they stopped coming (laughs) they're like oh no
1: we gotta find a new stream
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) the topic for this podcast is kickstarter versus the gaming industry it's a little bit clickbaity you know setting up a fight between those two entities but it is interesting kickstarter is a crowdfunding program if you've never heard of it it's a website where people can say we will make this thing if enough people get on board and essentially pre-order it then if they meet their goal they get the money and they're expected to make their thing
1: Expected is the key word in that sentence. <laughs> yeah,
0: we'll get to that. <laughs> it's pretty much on our system, isn't it? Like, Kickstarter yep. can't force anybody to do anything.
1: Unfortunately, no.
0: Yeah, that's. it's produced some great games that we'll talk about. It's also caused some problems. We'll get into all of it, but let's start with just what we've backed so far. I have done Shovel Knight. Am I the only one here? Yes.
1: I didn't. Think I so. I kept up with it when it was like on Kickstarter, but I never ended up backing it. I didn't get it until after I played it with Matt and then I picked it up and I wished okay. I had backed it.
0: <laughs> Same. That's all right. It's one of those games that's been around long enough that it was on a different console generation. So you have it now on Switch, right? And you would've yep. you would've bought it twice if you did that. Like I still did like I did. Yeah. <laughs> Shell Knight is like the first success story really. It was done by Yacht Club games they funded way more money than their goal was and they are still to this day fulfilling stretch goals which is adding more campaigns so i can't believe they can employ their staff for years, <laughs> and say, years.
1: how are they still afloat
0: afloat
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Simi, that was good what kind of p- jokes do you want i guess <laughs> good ones now which is <laughs> uncharacteristic for me usually I I like the bad jokes what? No, usually I like the bad jokes, but I, I, that was just sad. What? It's sad. <laughs> it was clever, but sad.
0: They are selling their title to people that didn't back it. They're also reselling it to people like me that backed it on Wii U or Xbox 360 and want it for the new generation. And,
2: Samin, so, I mean, you have this on 3DS? I do. It's a good game, huh? It's an excellent game, especially with the updates coming out for it. Yep, It's, yeah, probably one of the best in the last 10 years. There was a shift in the business model that
0: was a little bit hard to follow when it went from just Shovel Knight to Shovel Knight Treasure Trove, Shovel Knight, Shovel of Hope, and then the other campaigns that they were announcing, and it was not automatically evident like what people were getting for what they paid or what you would have to buy new so we made a video about it back then now like after explaining it and and researching it all it's it's pretty clear but i think that this company is doing it right like they're still keeping their word they are still creating jobs for all those people who are making the new content and it's always great so i'm really looking forward to king of cards coming out what uh, campaigns do you guys like the most
1: Uh, My favorite has been Specter of Torment, the Specter Knight campaign.
2: To me, they've all been really good, and they've all served kind of a different purpose. With Specter of Torment, the story was a little bit more interesting, and obviously the way the character controlled was great. Shovel Knight, what is it called? The Shovel Begins, or... What? The campaign? Yeah. Shovel of Hope. Shovel of Hope. The Shovel okay. Begins. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. They all sound the same to me. So,
1: Shovel uh, might dig it up.
2: <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, pierce the Earth, or however it says that. Anyway, yep. it's, uh, that one was a great introduction, very ba- great basic thing. But I might like – I can't remember what it's called because they – plague of shadows plague of shadows might be my favorite now Mm. um i haven't played it since i've played specter of torment but they're all really good i just like the intricacies of the controls and what all you can do with plague of shadows yeah i played a little bit of king of
0: cards at an event and it's a lot like wario he's got the shoulder dash kind of thing that would be really cool haven't even played specter of torment yet i'm looking forward to that but i will say something i really appreciate about plague of shadows is i was going back to the levels and i saw that kind of door where shovel knight can stand into it and he like fits into the outline and i was like maybe i can't use this if i'm plague knight but i still walked up to it and it's so funny he like really contorted his body and it looked painful to fit into shovel knight's outline and then the door turns <laughs> and it spits him out and he just falls on his face and i'm like this is so cool such good attention to detail the humor
2: yep. of the games are are great.
0: Two thumbs up for Shovel Knight. Ryan, were you with Nintendo Force back when they started out on Kickstarter?
1: I sure was. I've been there since issue two when it started on the Kickstarter.
0: Awesome. So what do you remember from that campaign?
1: Not a whole lot. It was a while ago.
0: <laughs> Basically, you bought a whole year of the magazine at once.
1: That's right. Yep.
0: And that's pretty much the only way to do it on kickstarter which might be a good example of how not everything is a good fit for kickstarter like it's just one batch of money so i think patreon was a really good idea that it that came into the market and kind of filled the need for ongoing kickstarter that's kind Mm -hmm. of how you explain patreon to people who haven't used it before it's an ongoing kickstarter so nintendo force magazine eventually moved to patreon which is a much better home for them people just pay once for every issue, and and they don't have to subscribe for a year chunks at a time. But I am glad that they at least got off of the on demand magazine service they were using because issue one costed $15 plus shipping. Youch. Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: That, that is, is a lot. Right.
1: I didn't end up picking that up. I think. They ended up sending me one for free, but they also had like a sale at one point in time where they offered issue one for like five bucks on that same website with free shipping. I was like, okay, I'll pick it up.
0: Yeah. And that was probably one of your Kickstarter bonuses was getting issue one reprinted. Mm-hmm. So that's another aspect of Kickstarter is a lot of times you're not just pre-ordering something, but you get bonuses along with it. I backed Chicken Wiggle. And it's coming to Switch. This was a 3DS game by Atui, Mutant Mud's Zero Drifter Man. And he is bringing it to Switch because it was successful, just barely. It was a very close campaign. And people have this kind of love-hate relationship with Chicken Wiggle, where it's like a Mario Maker-style game, but... It's got kind of a silly name and silly characters, so uh, <laughs> it's like everybody who follows the developer on Twitter doesn't want the game, but he knows that there's what? he knows that there's an audience out there for it somewhere, which there was because thirty five thousand dollars were raised, and that was enough to have Grant Kirkhope as a stretch goal, make a brand new soundtrack, orchestrated soundtrack for the game, which is awesome. Nice. You know him? He did Mario Plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle Okay, music. yes. Very good
2: soundtrack.
1: He did Banjo-Kazooie as well.
0: Okay, yeah, that's what he got famous for, huh?
2: That's really awesome that something that can garner so much hate Yeah. can, can still <laughs> mm-hmm. be successful. I mean, even with such a small studio, I mean, big studios are going to get hate no matter what. Mm-hmm. But... You know, fighting such opposition is really kind of an admirable thing to do. Now, this one's still coming, right? Yeah, it's not done yet. It's maybe December, if I remember right. All if right.
1: people are mad at that because of the weird characters, why? How are you a Nintendo fan? Have yeah, you seen seriously? literally any character that they have? None of them <laughs> make sense. Wow. You like Splatoon? Look at those things. I mean, seriously,
2: oh, they're, they're
0: abominations. Yeah. That's right. I love it when you call Nintendo fans out for their uh, ridiculousness, Ryan. You're good at spotting that. because I'm one of them. I'm ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm excited to play Chicken, Wig- Chicken Wiggle. Oh, I was scared I said that wrong at first, like Chicken Wiggle or something. But I had it right. <laughs> Chicken Wiggle. <laughs> and I just didn't want to buy it on 3DS because Switch was out at the time. So I'm so glad that this game is going to get another lease on life. So watch for it when it comes out on the eShop. We will bring your attention to it
2: for sure. I'm sure that we'll probably play it during a stream. If we can get to it past all of the awesome games. <laughs> Scott, can I can I talk about my pet peeve yeah. recently that I talked to you about this last week? Uh, so like your jock itch? <laughs> no.
1: Alright, we'll see you guys
0: next time <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: Signing out. Oh, the other thing. So <laughs> So this last week I just looked at Scott and I'm like they need to stop releasing good games (laughs) they just just need to stop like there are too many good games out there yep we have been having lunch at the same time we work in the same place we've been playing this game called a robot named fight and it is so good and i am so angry that it's so good (laughs) because it's like why i have such a backlog of games like They could stop making good games right now. Yep. And I would, like, I would have something to play forever. Eventually, you know, I'd go back to Smash Bros. and play a long time. And then I'd go and work on a backlog or whatever. I would never be short on games to play. But if they started making bad games and all we had was bad games, that'd be great because a bad game, you can tell. 90% of the time, if it's a bad game, in the first 10 minutes of playing. And in that 10 minutes, you get to get frustrated. You get to see pretty much everything that's bad about the game. I mean, I'm sure it continues to just get worse. But you don't have to continue to play it after those 10 minutes. You get to play it, make fun of it, and then you're done. And then you can move on to the next bad game. Mm -hmm. Whereas with good games, it's like, no why is this game good i have to keep playing it now
0: i wrote a blog about what you said it's called what if nintendo shut down tomorrow you can go to twobuttoncrew.com and search shut down and read this it's about what if like nintendo stopped making games and consoles and everything and it's just what simeon said we would have good things to play for the rest of our life there are different opinions eric flapjack ashley commented i would not be okay with this so go there weigh in on what you think about that topic but yeah A robot named Fight totally derailed us. We were trying to beat Snipperclips for goodness' sake. (laughs) I totally forgot about that. (laughs) And a robot named Fight derailed us from this podcast as well. You can't talk about Kickstarter without this next game. Take it away.
2: Okay, so it's mighty number nine. I I don't know how much I have to go into this, but basically, you got
0: to go into it. This is your chance.
2: Okay, so if you can, please. With me, go back to a time where Mega Man had no games, Mega Man 11 was not announced, we didn't even have the legacy collections announced, I don't believe. And Capcom is literally just pooping on Mega Man. They released, <laughs> literally, yeah, they released Street Fighter Cross Mega Man, which they didn't even make, they just like polished up. Know and then
0: it's gracious of you to remember that game and keep bringing it up because I don't think most fans even give them that.
2: It is a good game, but they didn't make it. And we also have Mega Man apps coming out in other countries and not in the US, like Mega Man X over crossover, X (laughs) over. Um, and then you have fat box art Mega Man making it into Street Fighter Cross Second. This is the time in which. Mega Man was literally nothing in anybody's mind, basically. So they were doing this. And then we are also finding out about all these canceled games that they had canceled. Like Mega Man had Mega Man Universe. That got canceled. We had Mega Man Legends 3. That got canceled. Yep. Maverick Hunter, which got canceled, which I'm most upset about. All these things. Then I clicked on a Facebook link and had my mind... Blown that the creator of Mega Man that Capcom had parted ways with a couple years previously was actually ready to start making another Mega Man game.
0: Not with Capcom though, he was going Rogue or Maverick, as they oh, say. Oh yes. <laughs>
2: right. He was going Maverick. And there's this really awesome announcement video that made me cry because it was so <laughs> beautiful. I was so happy. I'm like, finally, we're gonna get a Mega Man game. Like he he had this big thing at PAX. Mm. They went live on their Kickstarter at PAX, and they were funded very quickly. They would make like put up stretch goals, and they'd make them like that. That game made far, 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 and above way more than they had set as an initial goal. And how much of that was your money? I think. Twenty dollars or twenty-five dollars. Um, I, I wanted to to get the game when it came out, and I wanted to say that I backed it, and I backed it very quickly. It was, you know, within I can't remember if it was that night or it was the next day or whatever it was. And your name is three hours into the credits. <sighs> yeah, that's not an exaggeration. That yeah, the the credits are. Um, I don't know if you know this, Ryan. Have you heard about this? No. Okay, so if you beat Mighty number nine, the credits roll and they go through all of the backers. There's a little search bar that you can do to input a number that is attached <laughs> to your name, like when you got your, you, you got emailed a number that you're, you, you're like, you are backer number this. And so you plug that in to the search bar and it searches it except it only highlights it in red doesn't jump to it it doesn't jump to it oh give me a break the credits are three hours long not an you can, exaggeration you can't
1: speed it up there's no way to speed it up
2: i i think there might be a way but i think it's just skipping like you can skip 30 minutes at a time or something or maybe not i can't remember
1: Is it at least like alphabetical so you can go away and come back and check up on it? Like, nope, not
2: yet. No, (laughs) no, it's not because it's like chronological as to when you. Oh, that's terrible. Chronological. Chronological, yes. Excuse my poor speech. (laughs) You said
0: chronological. I corrected you, chronological. And you said, oh, I'm sorry, chronological.
2: (laughs) Yeah, we hit all the bases. (laughs) So, needless to say, it got a lot of backers. It took forever and a day to come out. I, I think that Kyle Bossman, he did a really, really good video on how Keiji Inafune kind of became a villain. Mm. He was a hero, and then he uh, he pointed at the moment at which he kind of became a villain. I can't remember the name of the video, but go check out Kyle Bossman's stuff.
0: Yeah, Inafune performed another classic Kickstarter mistake, right? He did a second campaign. yes. Simultaneously delaying Mighty Number no. Nine to his backers. Yep. That's like a crime. Throw that man in jail. Yeah.
2: Yep. And yeah, so it took forever for the game to come out. They kept on delaying it and kept on delaying it and kept on delaying it on and on and on. And it finally came out. Well, they had a commercial, which was a slap in the face. Commercial made fun of gamers, right? And nerds yeah. and. Yeah, anime fans. Right. And just. Basically, people who backed it. is one of the worst made commercials of quality. Thanks for is your money, suckers! Exactly! They, they, yeah, if, if that was literally all that that commercial said and it showed some gameplay and all it said was, thanks for your money, suckers, that probably would have been a better move. So. Just so you
1: know, both these hand cannons are middle fingers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: Uh, depending on your opinion the game might be classified as okay, Yep. but I'd say no matter how good you think it was, it can't have been worth waiting all the years that it took
2: Absolutely being not. without your money. Not even close it was not, worth, it was not up to the quality of what they had resources for even remotely so Would you back another Inafune project? I I wouldn't until he proved himself again Okay. Because he he did not prove himself with Mighty Number 9, even in the quality of the game. It had good points to it. Well, we've already talked about it, so...
0: It's okay to wait for something to come out and buy it then. Yeah. Unless Mm -hmm. the campaign literally needs 10 more dollars and there's one second left and you're its only hope. You know, only back things that you're completely confident in and... That has a track record, like you like you just said. Would you do another Kickstarter though, or is this ruined yeah. the whole
2: platform for you? I, I would do another Kickstarter. I would be a little bit more cautious. I would want to see a little bit more proof of concept. At that point it was just basically his word, his passion, and a few concept drawings. Yeah. That's yes. it.
1: See that that when people do that, that's a big red flag for me. If they have to have at least some sort of mock-up of it or i don't know just some sort of video that shows something with the game if they come in with absolutely nothing that's a big red flag for me yep
0: yep so sir ryan what's your experience been with kickstarter besides nintendo force
1: i have luckily had all very good experiences all the ones that i've backed have been like somewhat in production already So I think that's kind of helped out my luck a little. I backed the Retro Fighters Nintendo 64 controller that actually just got shipped to me, I think it was like a month and a half or two months ago. Yeah. And it's the modern-looking N64 controller where it doesn't have that weird third prong in the center of the controller.
0: Nice. Traditional button layout.
1: Yep. And so far, I've been playing with that instead of the regular 64 controller, and it's been working out very well.
0: That's so nice. And wasn't it... So much cheaper than you would think.
1: It was like 20 bucks, 15 or $20. Holy cow. Yeah.
0: I almost want to get those for my parents because they're still playing Dr. Mario on their N64 on a regular basis. And uh-huh. they've got some control sticks with like smashed in buttons. Some of them with the analog <laughs> sticks completely popped off. Some of them with duct tape on the cables. <laughs> so I think if I hooked them up with a couple of these, they'd be in business. Is it pretty nice? Yep.
1: Yeah, I like it. I guess a cup some of them shipped out with bad L buttons, but okay. they're in the process of they're making the new controllers and they're going to let people like exchange it for new ones and then once that's done they're actually going to start making different colored ones just like they had for the actual 64. Wow. Nice. So cool. Oh yeah, they do have the pack on the back too so you can use memory cards and rumble packs and all. It's fully functional Nintendo 64 controller, which is great. Very nice. Nice. The other thing that I backed was Ukulele, which is the spiritual successor to Banjo Kazooie from a lot of the X Rare people that have left. They believe they're Playtonic games now. Mm. Played a little bit of that. I need to jump back into it. I liked what I played, except it came out right after Super Mario Odyssey on the Switch so unfortunately it didn't exactly live up to odyssey so i needed to kind of distance myself from it for a little while and i think at this point if i went back i'd enjoy it a lot more
0: yeah that's tough that's like that's like after playing breath of the wild you know that was another one that was hard to live up to yep
1: if you played any sort of action adventure game right after that it'd be like ah, maybe i should play something else for a little while
0: Yep, I'm still waiting for the open world Breath of the Wild clones to start coming out from competitors Maybe at E3 we'll see something where you get like a paraglider or something like that Yep, I wouldn't doubt that in the slightest
1: The other thing I backed is a game called Glitched That one is still in production It's not coming to a Nintendo platform yet But I would be very surprised if it doesn't Because it looks a lot, a lot, a lot like Earthbound um, it is in a turn-based RPG except all of your characters have basically a deck of cards and you're using those as your attacks. So it's almost like a card battle game except in the style of Earthbound All the battles are not random encounters. It's all like story-based battles It's a fourth ball breaking game where the character in game learns out that you the player are controlling him and it like interacts <laughs> that way
2: Huh that sounds like a blast no that
0: all sounds good i think that story-based battles with no random encounters that would put me at ease playing an rpg because i never know how much to grind and when to avoid battles or when i'm really going to need that experience so if everything's just planned out and i think that would also give me a better sense of what to do and what's next in the game that sounds really good did you say who that was made by
1: N House Studios, E-N House Studios.
0: Well, that sounds like some good Kickstarter experiences. There's also a few that I've seen that I didn't quite jump on that were cool. There was this one Switch handheld grip, and it also worked as a stand. So you take your whole Switch out of the dock with the Joy-Cons, and you put it into this grip, and it would give you basically handles because you know how the Joy-Con they don't really have anywhere to hold on to so it's handles that feel like a gamepad and then those are legs so you could stand it up and drop it on the table like that if you wanted to what's kind of interesting is it was asymmetric the right grip was at a different angle so to put your thumb right on the control stick so it looked weird because the sides didn't match but that's because the analog sticks are on different levels between dracon l and dracon r so it would line up your hands for optimal non-carpal tunnelness
2: wow yeah that's nice it would probably bother me just looking <laughs> at it but that is really nice to even that they would even consider something like that
0: yeah before we move on any other projects you guys want to shout out oh
1: i did back that too bad Luigi time graphic novel that's coming that uh brawl in the family creator is making himself yes
0: Yes. (laughs) that is so perfect for you i did get his previous kickstarter the brawl in the family collection Mm -hmm. three three volumes of brawl in the family comics and i didn't actually back that my brother tom did and they accidentally shipped him two so we did an unboxing video of it and tom asked if they wanted him to send the extra one back but they liked our video and said just keep it so very nice of them them. yeah so when you get your Waluigi one that would be awesome to see an unboxing and uh, hear hear what you think about it
1: yep that that just hit every single stretch goal too so it should be a a good thick book that we're going to get here
0: so some of the stretch goals were extra content
1: yep extra content and i think he's writing some new waluigi themed songs and whatnot in the style of his brawl in the family stuff so
2: yes i don't
1: know if you've seen it but he made a new one for the kickstarter campaign and it's waluigi singing the hallelujah chorus <laughs> yes
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow Wale, it's Wallelujah. Wallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> what a talented person he draws he makes music and he's even made a game tadpole trouble and i think Glenn is a backer of Tadpole Treble mm-hmm. when that game came to Wii U. Ah, I missed that one. Something I didn't Wii back it, but I did play
1: it and it's very, very good. I was I've been hoping he's gonna do something with Switch with it, but it just hasn't come, so.
0: Those are all of the projects that Two Button Crew has funded. And all by ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> we <laughs> we did all of this. We are responsible. We
1: are very wealthy. <laughs>
0: Chances are you might have backed a project or two, but you probably haven't started one. Two Button Crew did attempt a Kickstarter a while ago, we'll get to that, but it might be interesting to learn how Kickstarters work. So the first thing that you can do is choose if you want to do your campaign for 30 or 60 days. And Kickstarter will warn you that the most successful one to choose is 30 days, and it's like 90% of projects that are funded are 30 days so that's pretty much the norm these days and i think it's just because it makes it more urgent pe- sense of urgency yeah sense of urgency people will share the campaign with their friends if it's less than a month or if there's 55 days they might just kind of snooze that in their heads yep they'll think
2: oh it's got so much time it's already got x amount of dollars left
1: right do the save for later and they just forget about it and by the time it's back, you're like, oh, or not back, then it's done. You're like, oh, whoops. Forgot
0: about this. Yes, <laughs> Kickstarter pages are basically an art form at this point. Mm-hmm. You can buy courses on this. You can look at successful examples.
2: Are you for reals? There's courses on creating oh, a successful y- Kickstarter?
0: Oh, yeah. People spend weeks and months making their Kickstarter page perfect before launching it. It's gotta have all the right stuff. And I don't even know all of it, but you need a really good video. Probably wanna hire somebody to make it. Animated GIFs are doable in the body, so you wanna show things being made with GIFs. You have to fill out like a risks, bullet point list of things that could go wrong in your campaign so you want to have full disclosure but you also don't want to draw a lot of attention to those risks so you want to counteract them with your plans of how to overcome everything that might happen.
1: Pie charts, line charts, graphs any kind of visual
0: aid. Yes and you don't just show your rewards in the sidebar you say them all again and in bigger detail in the description and stretch goals aren't really an official part of Kickstarter. So that's also something that goes in the body of your campaign and you have to make your own graphics, especially if you want people to pay attention to them, like meters that you save and export from Photoshop and update on your page regularly. Any other elements of a page that might help a Kickstarter campaign be a success?
2: Well, I was just thinking it, it makes sense that they put so much work into this because not that I really know what this is like. But it's like going to investors mm-hmm. to get a loan yep. for a project. you got to have your poop together. You're not <sighs> going to go there and be like, yeah, I'm gonna, I, give me some money. I'll do some cool stuff. Yes. We are Mark You're Cuban to,
1: from Shark Tank. Impress us. Exactly. <laughs> yes.
2: Yeah. We're going to be, you know, really hard and. You better show me proof of concept, otherwise I'm out.
0: You picked the right one, Ryan. He is cool. <laughs> yep, I think you're right, Simeon. Yoko. You only kickstart once. <laughs> I guess that means we're out of the game. I think there
1: are a few that have <laughs> yeah. like taken themselves down, though, changed some stuff, and then gone back up.
0: Yep, they have. It's very important to have a strong launch. This is what I saw with the Chicken Wiggle I'm freaked out saying that name now. You got it. Chicken Wiggle <laughs> game because it got a ton of funding, like five, ten thousand uh, dollars 10000 30000 was the goal in the first day, and then it just trickled in in hundreds or a thousand a day for the rest of the campaign. And if you don't have the strong launch, if days have gone by and people come to your page and see that there's not much interest, you kind of lose faith in the concept. Mm-hmm. You want to have that almost peer pressure, but what is a better word for that? Like social proof that other people believe in the project that will help them get on board as well. That's
1: I feel like if you go to something and it's already funded, you're way more likely to back it than if it's way far away because you're like, oh, this is guaranteed that I get this. Sweet.
0: Yep, exactly. So some things that you can do are have paid promotions. So you're putting money into social media, promote the post to people, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. You can also try to get on news sites, and Nintendo fan sites are pretty good about reporting new Kickstarters, and they'll probably be mentioned on podcasts, so that is helpful. It gets the words out to lots of different Nintendo fans. Having good stretch goals is a good way to keep the momentum going, because a lot of times it's either black or white, like a Kickstarter will fail or it'll be way successful and go over the funding goal so getting people excited about stretch goals that's making more money than your original funding Uh, and i think it's a great idea you have extra money more people interested in this product why not make it better and oftentimes those stretch goals make the difference between a good game and a great
2: game Mm -hmm. on the back side of this for the funders how it works is typically there's a list of tiers that you can do with different rewards Mm -hmm. and the money isn't taken out of your checking account until after it's been backed correct yeah if it's successful so you can throw your money around all you want on kickstarters on unsuccessful things and it won't be taken out
0: Yep. And those tiers, the smallest one is usually just getting your name in the credits somewhere. Either the next tier or the one after that will be you get the thing. And then depending on what it is, it could be like a Nintendo game, a higher tier could be to get the physical version or get an instruction manual printed out for you, something like that. And I've seen some pretty crazy tiers, like $5,000, and we will why you to be with us and it's like you know the super fan package
1: like go out to dinner and go to a launch party and Mm -hmm. be in the game and all this other stuff
2: yes i know with video game high school i think it was the highest tier i can't remember how much it was was that a video series yeah it was a basically a tv series kind of started out on youtube but they actually made it. It made its way onto Netflix, Woohoo! and it was pretty good. The highest tier, if I remember right, had the creator Freddie Wong fly to your house and bring you a box of donuts, and you had breakfast with him. No way. Yeah, he <laughs> <laughs> would go to your house and have breakfast with you, have some donuts. It better be the best donut shop in the world. <laughs> yeah, he's a pretty cool guy. <laughs>
0: So you got that one? That's what you picked? I did not back (laughs) the game in school. Otherwise, I would have done that one. (laughs) Those are always limited, too, because some tiers have a limited number of people that can back those. And it's never like the medium ones. Either it's early bird pricing, so it pays to get into a Kickstarter early. Mm -hmm. That's one of those elements of a strong launch is you can offer an even cheaper copy of the game for the first 100 people or 600 people or something like that. Or they might limit the ones that are, you know, you you don't want to be flying all over the country for the rest of the year because everybody paid
2: for Freddie Wong donuts, <laughs> right? Yes. <laughs> I think there were like you know maybe one maybe two people who did that. Yeah, because that's like ten thousand dollars or whatever.
1: Yep. The one another really great thing that I think Shovel Knight did is they did the. Uh, tier where they made pixel art pictures of people and had the whole level dedicated to it called the hall of heroes and you could just walk through it and see all those pictures that was a really neat thing to
2: add to the game
0: so we've looked at how kickstarters work now it's time
2: to share our own sad tale of how they don't work right (laughs) yes how kickstarters
0: don't work we did attempt we called it nintendo fans on location this was our first attempt to raise money we had been a youtube
2: channel for how long year and a half um was it our first it wasn't our first year was it no no i think it was a little bit less than a year and a half then
0: and it was us three that recorded it how appropriate that we are on this podcast <laughs> do, you, do you remember doing that we had the script and we would take turns saying things and it, we did a lot of jump cuts and retaking of the lines
2: yes <laughs> i remember it
1: the 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 vigorous pointing and stuff the the bad yes. acting. Sorry, i realized that we're doing a podcast so people can't see me pointing. <laughs> always always good audio drama when you just point at the screen and
2: nobody knows about it.
0: Yeah, there, there needs to be a sound effect.
2: Point! <laughs> or just somebody who, to uh, um, caption each one of our... You know, have somebody narrate each one of our actions. Yes. Ryan is pointing.
1: <laughs> the... Disability narration or whatever that yeah, they have exactly. with like
2: movies where you can wear the headphones. <laughs> exactly. I have you guys ever done that? No. I'm. I next time I like go to a movie where I've already seen the movie. Like if if let's say I go and see the movie early, and then like it's in the discount theaters, and there's a group of people that want to go see the movie, and I've already seen it. I think I'm gonna try and ask. For, for those just just to get the experience <laughs> maybe i'll go in with sunglasses i feel like you're gonna be so Are overwhelmed
1: because like if you have the disability you're probably like better at listening for like through different things if you have that you're like there is so much going on in my head
2: <laughs> that's true i i do remember on tv there was a sherlock holmes cartoon sherlock holmes was alive in the future like he was cryogenically frozen and they brought him back to life. And they did that for an episode. No like way. I don't know if somebody flipped a switch accidentally or got <laughs> a special request, but I remember watching an episode and it was like, This is so confusing. But it'd be a good experience. Let us know how that goes. Anyway. I remember
1: that show by the way. It was like Sherlock Holmes in the twenty second century or something like That's that. Right. That's
2: what it was,
0: called. <laughs> it so- was great. We just wanted a few hundred dollars to be able to go to a video game trade show packs i believe yeah and we might have had the goal too high that's the number one common mistake in setting a kickstarter is you get a little too figure happy with that goal which makes it harder to reach for everybody and then can also just be too optimistic and that might have also been one of our problems we're like we'll have a round trip flight for ryan be a stretch goal and of course we'll make it yay (laughs) (laughs) but what did we do right what did we do wrong we put some time into the page i would say the video was pretty good but probably just not enough people knew about it we were new we were fresh and i think a good time to start making money with your small business is when people are asking you where the stuff to buy is. Like a good time to make t-shirts is when people are saying, I wish I had a TBC t-shirt. And we just didn't have that much conversation around our content at the time. What do you guys think? It didn't. The Kickstarter was not successful, by the way. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I I agree with you there. I think that we were being ambitious, trying something new. I don't. I don't regret that, but I think that it it wasn't successful because we didn't, and probably still don't have a a big enough fan base mm-hmm. to get us to the point where people who don't know about us start funding us.
0: Oh yeah, it, would, it was basically just limited to our fan base as far as prospective Kickstarter's, right? right. Not even it's just YouTube, but
1: just our social medias in general.
0: Yep. Because if you're on Patreon, you have a name for those people. They're patrons. On Kickstarter, what are those people? Backers.
1: Backers. Yeah.
2: In in uh, That sounds aggressive. With, my, <laughs> with, He's uh, a backer. <laughs> with mighty number nine, since the main character's name was Beck, they called them Beckers. Beckers. Okay, that is cool. Oh, Never no. mind. Inafune is not a
0: villain. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else that Kickstarter people can do wrong? Sometimes people try to fund things that they don't have the legal ability to do. Mm-hmm. I've seen some kind of sketchy stuff that kind of looks like Nintendo IP.
2: Really? Yeah. What, what do you mean? Like marble nose, the the Pocky um, man, the Sicilian, the Sicilian uh, carpenter, or whatever. Yeah, stuff like that. You gotta be
0: careful. You remember when the Pokemon company shut down somebody who was throwing a, an unofficial Pokemon party in PAX? Sued him for four thousand dollars. I was, do not remember that. Wasn't a Kickstarter, but same kind of idea with patent infringement and IP infringement. So gotta be careful.
1: The other mistake is if it's not going to be like if you're not going to be able to give out the product, don't drag all of your people through the mud and put out updates like everything's going all right and because sometimes the people know that it's a sinking ship pretty early on and then they drag people out for like a year to 2 years before they even say like, "Oh, well, you're not going to get the thing that we promised you. Sorry."
0: Yeah. Yeah. So updates should be frequent, but they definitely have to be honest. Mm-hmm. And I've seen plenty of things get delayed Kickstarters not only might be optimistic about their goal, but optimistic on how quickly they can deliver this stuff. Mm -hmm.
2: Mighty number nine.
0: Yeah, so I would say, as a general rule in life, under-promise, over-deliver, that will get you far. And if you can over-deliver on a Kickstarter, you will have fans for life. But if you delay, I've seen fans be understanding, but... You can only delay so many times before that ill will sets in. The
1: one big piece of advice I have for kick, not just Kickstarter, but the gaming industry in general, don't put a release date on your thing until you are 100% sure that that is the absolute date that your product is going to be released.
0: (laughs) Yes. Do you think a year is safe, depending on the time of month that you launch? Like a year out? Like if you said this is a 2019 game
1: oh yeah i mean like if you're uh, yeah if you're 100 sure that it will launch in that next year sure okay just be yeah. sure i mean if, if you get to that point and you're like you know what it's getting close to the end of 2019 we're gonna need like two months it'll launch like february 2020 i don't think people are gonna be mad about that yeah. but it's it's when you're like all right it's coming out at the beginning of next year gets close to that point all right the end of this year gets to that mm-hmm. point mm, no nope, next year but it will come out then we promise it's don't do that. If you don't totally have a definitive agree. date, just say it's going to come out within the next three years. We're not going to rush it. It'll be done when it's done.
0: Yes. If Smash Indeed. Bros. gets delayed this year, I'm going to probably protest at Nintendo headquarters.
1: It won't. It will not get delayed. There is no way that that game <laughs> can get delayed at this point.
2: Exactly. Yeah. That's that's actually funny that you say that because I... I Smash 4 did not get delayed, correct?
1: Smash 4 Wii U got delayed. Not the 3DS version. Really? Remember? Because they were supposed to come out at the same time, but then the 3DS one came out and they delayed the Wii U one a few months.
0: Okay. I forgot they were ever supposed to be
2: simultaneous. Yep. But Melee was a developmental nightmare, and Brawl was delayed... A lot. on Yes. At least three occasions I'm pretty sure do you remember when they announced the
1: release release date for Brawl it was Reggie on stage at E3 saying it's not gonna come out in two years it's not gonna come out next year it's gonna come out on this date for sure and then it gets to that (laughs) date and you're like "That's it's not coming out now
2: (laughs) and then Japan got it before we got it like a month before we got it because my friend hacked his Wii U so
1: he could we could play it (laughs) Did he really? Or his Wii, yeah. He hacked his Wii so he could play, like, Japanese games and then we we (laughs) could
0: Nice. Yeah, Smash Bros. is not a bad one to do that with because you can get around those menus and get into the game no problem. It's not like an RPG or something. That is funny, that story. That reminds me of Nintendo Force just posted on their YouTube channel an exclusive reveal that they had for Night Trap coming to Nintendo Switch. And before they played the announcement, they went back and found some footage of court hearings and Lincoln Howard saying night trap will never appear on a Nintendo console and then the switch <laughs> logo goes on the screen <laughs> night trap that was yeah,
1: that, that was a brilliant Great. trailer
2: <laughs> I see here's the thing night trap is one of those is like probably one of the biggest backfires of all time as far as people trying to shut it down go because night trap from what I've heard, is not even a good game. (laughs) And there's not even really that much... I mean, okay, people kind of die. But uh, it's not, like, super gory or, like, super absolutely inappropriate.
0: It implies some things that happen off screen. Like, girls will get dragged away. Yeah. So.
2: So, like, it's kind of bad. But they blew it so out of proportion that they created a sensation they created a sensation that never would have happened nope
1: which is why it's getting released today for some reason or this uh, whatever this year
0: and you're buying that one Simeon no it's not even a good game as far as I've heard let's assign it to Simeon to review okay Okay, sounds good fine (laughs) (laughs) and then that's gonna be his favorite game of all time watch it (laughs) yes (laughs) oh well any thoughts on kickstarter in general and how it plays nicely or doesn't with the gaming industry you think it's a good thing in general
1: i think it's good because it's mainly a place for indie developers that just need some extra cash to get their project rolling and as long as you're smart about what you're backing it's generally a pretty safe place to put your money in my experience
0: agreed i'd say it's good but it's totally abusable Mm -hmm. so it really comes down to the people who are putting up the campaigns the developers in this instance to be trustworthy to have a proven track record i don't think you should go to kickstarter for just your first thing it's a great way for companies and even bands outside of the scope of Nintendo fandom to go independent, you know, get off the record label and let your fans carry you. I think it's cool. But yeah, we talked about a lot of the traps. So as a backer, know what to look out for, know what to, uh, how to tell if a brand is trustworthy or not. And hopefully most of the time it'll be a win-win for everybody. Mm -hmm. Uh, Where one plus one equals three. Oh,
2: golly. (laughs) Right, Simeon? On on my uh, wall at work, I have uh, one of the things that my boss gave me it's like this thing like 10 reasons why our company is the best really and one of the things it says was like we want win-win situations and after the word win-win it starts a new uh, line and it says situations and so I put a little dash there but win <laughs> so it's the Michael Scott win-win-win <laughs> you only miss
1: 100% of the shots you don't take Michael Scott Wayne Gretzky <laughs>
0: Yes. Hey, guys, good news. What? We've been podcasting for a year.
2: Wow. It does not feel like that at all. I was going to say, I didn't know that your computers held that much storage. (laughs) But, um... (laughs) Okay,
0: that's better than Ryan's joke about yacht clubs staying afloat. Give me a break. Yeah, this is our 12th podcast. We're monthly and... It's been a good ride. We're still we're, done. we're, we're still going, but it's fun to look back. We've talked about a few specific games like Breath of the Wild, Samus Returns, Mario Odyssey. I'd like to do more of those, but we haven't had the biggest releases so far this year, so we've been doing more topical, and it's just really nice to do these deep dives. Thanks for everybody for coming along mm-hmm. for the ride.
1: I'm sure we'll have a lot more of the game-specific stuff after E3, and we know what's coming up here.
0: Yes. yes oh that's a great point next episode will take place after e3 so we're going to do a show that simeon has had the idea for a long time ago called the art of video game trailers because you can bet your booty we're going to get some game trailers at e3 and it's going to be awesome but
1: what if we don't <laughs> no game trailers they just come on stage say what's coming out and then walk off
0: metroid prime 4 is still just a logo <laughs>
1: Smash Bros, he just holds up the Smash Ball sticker and then walks away.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That will be a great way for us to talk about all of Nintendo's announcements and still have a topic that's a little bit more evergreen that you can go back to and listen to in the future as well. I -hmm. will challenge the podcast listeners. There are a few hundred of you guys, which is awesome.
2: How many of you do we hear from? Probably... One or two of them, maybe zero. <laughs> oh, my goodness, what you people's doing!
0: And I know there's not a comment thread right at the bottom of your podcast player, but here's how you can get in touch with us you can email podcast at twobuttoncrew.com. You can go onto our website, and every podcast has a post there. There's a comment thread that you are more than welcome to use, send your feedback through that. Or just comment on one of our videos and we won't care if it's off topic. Let us know that you listened to the latest show and that you disagreed about... What would they disagree about? Chicken Wiggle. Maybe you thought it should stay on the 3DS and die. (laughs) Some kind of feedback. That's all we're asking for. You can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcatcher you use. You can also at us at two button crew wherever social medias are held so there are several several ways that you can let us know that you're alive that you're listening and that you enjoyed it zero podcast feedback so far in this first year next episode I want to say that we've had five feedbacks
2: do we even have like a star rating yeah we got
0: we got five stars thank you guys yeah (laughs) we know we're doing something right We just don't know what it is. (laughs) But put a name to the face to the stars. We'd love to meet you.
2: Any other plugs, my friends? No. No. Well, this comes out at the end of the month, right? Mm -hmm. In a couple days from when this podcast comes out, we will be at Lilac City Comic Con. So if you are in the Spokane or greater Spokane area, Mm -hmm. swing by. Come say hi.
0: Help us rank the top 10 NES games of all time. Nobody knows what the top 10 NES games are yet. We have to... Yep,
2: we gotta do it. We gotta do it. We gotta do it all.
0: Yep. Look us up online. We have a weekly live show at our YouTube channel, Two Button Crew, where we have the greatest blend of modern and retro Nintendo gaming that you'll find online. We are Two Button Crew on all social media. Make sure you spell it out T-W-O. And if you enjoyed this podcast and the lack of ads, you can back us and say thank you on Patreon where we will give you exclusive content all the time. I think I might flood people and bug them with how much free stuff we give them. So (laughs) Do it. (laughs) That's what happens at patreon.com slash two button crew. Thank you, Simeon, for joining us for this podcast about Kickstarter.
2: Thank you for joining us, Ryan.
1: Yes. Thank you for joining us slash hosting us, Scott.
0: No problem. It's been awesome. And have a happy E3, everybody. We will dissect it on the next podcast. Bye-bye.
1: Bye. See ya.